Table Talk with Grace Redmond features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes Conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redmond. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of Real Talk, where I get to have real life, raw conversations with incredible people from my circles and communities. And today I'm very excited to host the incredible Ina Segal. Ina is an internationally recognized healer, best-selling author, professional speaker, and television host. Ina brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to the topic of the mind-body connection. Ina explores it in a way that is accessible and thought-provoking, daring us to go on a fearless search towards our inner awakening. Ina empowers individuals through transformative self-healing techniques. She brings 22 years of experience in energy healing, intuitive medicine, and personal growth with influential books like The Secret Language of Your Body and Understanding Modern Spirituality. Ina has made significant contributions to the fields of alternative healing and self-development. Through her work, she empowers individuals to tap into their innate healing abilities and explore the profound connection between the mind, body, and spirit. Help me welcome Ina Segal to the show today. Thank you so much for being with us today. I know you have an extremely busy schedule and you took the time to be here with us, so we appreciate it. Thank you so much, Grace. <laughs> You're welcome. And so one of my favorite books I have, The Secret Language of the Body, which is has been really saved my life. And so it's incredible. And recently you've just put out, you know, Understanding Modern Spirituality, which again, you can see I've bookmarked so many pages. Another, you know, incredible work of art from you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. So I have gifted this book many times and it was just, you know, about five, six years ago that I got introduced to the secret language of the body. And it really, I really helped save my life. And I wanted to kind of hear from you, you know, what was the motivation to kind of bring together this incredible work of art? <laughs> I think, well, for me, the motivation was really, it, it was quite interesting. I was, I started very young, as you know, and I was seeing a lot of one-on-one -on -one clients for, you know, quite a reasonable period of time. And I found that for me, I, I didn't want them to rely on me. I just, I, I really wanted them to, to do the work themselves and to be excited about this you know, their own self-exploration and to take responsibility essentially for their own well-being as I felt I had to. And I was having this experience where I would write down different processes and things for people to do and then they would come back the next session and they would say, you know, and I would say, well, have you, have you done the process? And it would be silent. And I would kind of say, well, there's no point lying because I can tell. You're uh, but, you know, there was a lot of excuses of, you know, I lost it. I didn't know where it is and so on and so forth. And then I, you know, I was kind of thinking, well, I, if I put all of this in a book, then they wouldn't have that excuse essentially. And I had previously studied to be a, 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 you know, a journalist and an author, which is what I did. It's kind of, yeah, that was my study and what I thought I would do. So I kind of felt like, well, if I have that skill, I should, you know, make it happen. And then essentially I went to see a publisher and I went to, I actually thought it, this, this publisher was more connected to cards rather than books. Mm -hmm. And so I went to him with 
I don't know, 12 different ideas for cards. And he just sat there and he kind of, because I had a very different book idea at the time. He put all the different ideas together and he said, look, if you take this and that and that and that and put it all together, I think it, you would have a best-selling book. And, you know, yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, let me, let me go home and think about it. And, uh, yeah, it kind of happened from there. And, honestly, when I think about writing this book, I was 26 when I wrote it. I Even my mum asked me how I did it. <laughs> I don't know. I had two little 20 kids mm. and I was working nonstop. <laughs> so not that, that much has changed. <laughs> but I was I, – I, I didn't find the, the writing of that book that difficult I have found the writing of understanding modern spirituality much more difficult than I did of the secret language of your body. But yeah, it was just, it kind of was this culmination of things. And I also, I always had this sense that when I was ready, that the actual publishing process would not be difficult. Yeah, you know, so. <laughs> so it wasn't something that you were even intending on creating. It just it seemed to just happen. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, there, there was a part of me that was very focused on, you know, I would love, I, I wanted to create the processes, which is why I wrote a different book, which was focused more on the journey of different aspects that I was exploring at the time. But yeah, not this book. No, I wasn't planning it. And um, yeah, and I think when he asked, I kind of went, oh, I already have a lot of that type of information because I I was taking very good notes. I have to say, like, when people ask, you know, how did you get the information? It was essentially an experience of seeing a lot of people from different, you know, at that time you didn't have... Um, Skype or Zoom or anything. So I did a lot of distance healing still, but it was on the phone. So I actually didn't see the person. Amazing. And, you know, and I think that doing a lot of that, which I did from different countries, kind of made me go, oh, how does this make sense that somebody in New Zealand and somebody in the US and somebody in Italy and somebody in Greece? is having the same type of issues. Wow, I want to learn more about it. And so then how did you connect kind of the emotional issues to place them with, you know, the physical body? Like this morning, like I woke up, my shoulder wasn't feeling off, so I picked up the book. Then, you know, I go down under shoulder and I'm reading, I'm like, oh, wow. You know, so it never fails. You know, when I'm, I'm having some type of symptom in my body and I pick up the book, it, it definitely you know, resonates with me. <laughs> That's, good. That's a good thing. Look, it was, I really, really believe that the, the connection between the body and the soul essentially have a language. Mm. And my experience of self-healing really came from this chiropractor saying, look, your body's stuck and it wants to be stuck, go home. And and as I was going home, I am in very angry way. I Why are you angry? Because how dare he say that and not help me, you know? Because uh, <laughs> he said, I can't help you, basically. You know, your body wants to do this. So it occurred to me to start to really think about it. And you know, I, I'll be honest, I had been, somebody had given me Louise Hay's book before that and I found that it was interesting but it didn't impact me at all when I when I looked at it because I just didn't feel like it had the detail or the depth that somebody like myself needs. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not somebody who's very good at looking at information and having one kind of, word or five words or a line and having and just saying an affirmation and repeating it and I didn't have any experiences with it so I was familiar with the idea of it essentially 
But I also found that when, and I'm not sure if it was, yeah, might have been very just before that, I found that just saying an affirmation for me didn't work personally. Mm-hmm. It, it actually created a worse pain because mm-hmm. I felt like I was ignoring what was really going on and trying to put something on top of it. And I wasn't really understanding how things worked, like the thinking, the feeling, the will all being connected. I was very, yeah, I kind of felt like it was for me completely mental in terms of that type of work Mm -hmm. and didn't do anything for me. So I I was very skeptical. I was extremely skeptical. And it was really when I had my own connection to the body that I realized the part of the language was kind of the story that was there. And, you know, it had a general aspect to it, but it also had a very specific connection. So, for example, when I first connected to my lower back and essentially I saw my childhood and that there were many layers of it in actually seeing what happened, the layers of that I came to Australia not knowing how to speak English, that I was bullied, I was rejected. I, I, I never felt myself at school. I never felt like I could fit in. And again, I'm a quite a, I'm not somebody who just sits there and is quiet, you know, so I had to, yeah, like it really affected who I was, I felt. And it was really interesting that that, that body, mind, soul mm. experience of connecting to that, that aspect, which was showing me these, I guess, these stories and how they were intertwined, these experiences. And so from there, I started to kind of, to, to, to go, wow, there must be wisdom. Is there wisdom with each mm. part of the body? And so it became very clear the more I worked with people that the left side of the body was much more of a feminine wisdom, even though that a masculine person could attack that feminine, you know, aspect of myself, of the left side of the body. And the right side of the body had more of the masculine I guess, wisdom, destiny, information, understanding. And it was it had nothing to do with the left and the right sides of the brain. It had to do with where the organs were actually or are. And how we as a as a being actually live life. You know, it, it, there was so much wisdom. And I I found yeah, that that the more you connected to the body, the and the soul, because they are together in that sense, the more it was, it became obvious and clear to me both about each part of the body as well as the, you know, what what actually causes diseases, which is a culmination of lots of things. Yes, and and I really appreciate you for that because I had a recent experience. Had I not you know, been familiar with your work or read your story, I wouldn't have been able to change the the timeline of my situation. And I didn't realize that, you know, our emotions are, you know, in our body and then they manifest in illness and disease, but we can also heal that is is what I learned from you. And something um, that you talked about, and then I'll go back to the healing is, in your new book, you talk about how the soul and spirit are different. However, like in my mind, I always relate, like I, I felt that the soul and spirit were one. However, you did talk about how the soul and the spirit are different. How are the soul and the spirit different? And I think it's so normal. For years, I thought it, they were the same as well. And yeah, and then I went on this really, really deep journey into understanding who we are. And I found like this because there were things that were being said from lots of different directions, um, both from um, spiritual people to, I guess, religious. So a lot of people that I, I met who were religious were talking about how we have one soul, one life, and that never made sense to me personally. And then the spirit was kind of thrown in there in different ways and confused. 
And so when I started to really study it, I realized that the spirit part of us is the eternal part and it is the objective part of us. It's also the part that when we're learning something, like, you know, let's say we're learning to tie a shoelace and it takes a lot of effort to do so. And to, to, when we're learning, we're actually learning with the soul. But once we've learned that information and it goes into that unconscious part of us where we can just do it, we can tie a shoe and so we can look at words in a book and instead of going B, C, F, you know, we, we can actually read the whole word. That is the spirit, right? So it's, it's the part of us that's more objective that actually goes from life to life and has eternal qualities. It never gets sick. Whereas the soul is intertwined with our emotions and intertwined with a particular destiny of a person and a particular life. So if somebody is open, so, so when somebody says, well, I have one life and, and so there's a truth in it, one life with that soul, with that body, there is that truth. But the spirit keeps going and in each life, what, what makes sense to me is that let's say I'm a feminine person in one life with a female body and in that life, my soul essentially comes in and it, it makes sure, you know, as as I'm it's, it's, it's a bit of a process, you know, this how it connects for it because it takes a while. But it's essentially it's, it needs to connect to my parents. So the astral body is part of is part of the soul body, and it's also connected to the etheric body, which is the life. It's our life body. It's our energy body, but it's also the body that's connected to our ancestors. Mm. So essentially, the soul needs to intertwine with our ancestors in order for the soul to have the destiny of that particular life. You know, when I say ancestors are parents, grandparents and so on. And so the soul is very uh, subjective. It's very emotional. It carries that sense of this is what I'm attracted to. This is what I like. This is what makes me feel good. This is what I don't like. This is what makes me feel bad. This is you know, I'm going to reject this in my life. I'm not interested or I'm interested. So it's very connected to our desires, but also it actually carries sensations. So it's our consciousness. So it carries the sensations of pleasure and the sensations of pain. So when we're, when we're asleep, the soul essentially and a part of the soul this astral part of the body leaves which is why people don't feel pain when they're in a deep sleep but when they're conscious it comes back and they're, they're dealing with it so it's really fascinating that the soul is very unique mm. and it is unique to each life and in each new incarnation you get a new soul which it, 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 it's new, but it's it's almost like it's new, but it's not because it's new in a sense. So does the so I so the spirit is our like our eternal spirit. It's like we're, what we carry with us, you know, through eternity, through other lives. And so this is so interesting because I didn't realize I thought like our soul was what we carried, but into each life we bring a different soul. And you're saying that soul is connected to you know our desires, our personality to to our ancestors as well to our ancestors and also to our destiny mm. so each time we come we have a different destiny essentially because the soul's intelligent and it will come with an intention mm. which is why when you kind of you go well what do i love here what do i want to do what would satisfy me you only know that because of the nature okay. of your soul that's making sense to me now because they talk about soul contracts. So yeah. I might have a soul contract in this life that's very different than another life because this is the contract for this life. Exactly. And it's part and part of it is because again, when we talk about the soul contract, is that either you're mature enough and you can do it now, you can fulfill it, mm. or 
there's certain people and circumstances that are, you know, going to come um, into this experience of life mm -hmm. that have been connected from previous lifetimes. So there's, yeah, there's a lot that kind of so many layers goes on to make that particular destiny unique. And even your body, you know, some people have strong, very strong, healthy bodies in one life and very weak ones in another. Or, you know, they have more what people would call, you know, appealing or attractive bodies in one life. And in another life, you can be born with all sorts of issues, disabilities, things that happen where you're not meant to focus on that. <laughs> and is it like just we come in, the soul comes with different lessons that we choose to learn? And that's how why I, we come in that way? Well, yeah, but but I, I find, I think the word choose is a challenging one because we don't necessarily sit there and go, I really want to learn how to, you know, be, you know, sick or I really want to learn how to, I think, it, it, you know, I think when, when the word, when we use the word choose from the spiritual perspective, we're really using it from, you know, a higher place, which is I understand that there's things that I have to work with and work through based on potentially, let's say, in a, in a previous lifetime, I was very hurtful to other people and to certain particular beings and I'm ready to to work through some of this and to be you know this is where karma comes in where I, I'm ready to to deal with the challenging experiences from a previous life in this one or or even positive ones as well so when I am it's yeah I I choose it so to speak with the with, with a lot of support from higher beings but it's not a kind of choice where I sit there and I'm like oh I think I'll choose this and it's so it's very un, like it's of course it's unconscious uh, very unconscious but our higher or our spirit is aware we're just not aware yeah well our soul's aware when it's going through that process in between lifetimes but we're not Mostly, we're not aware when we're here in here in this life. I didn't. I didn't. Even, I never even believed of in past lives until I had my own past life experience. So I've, you know, I've, unless I've experienced it, I'm, you know, skeptical. But I had my own past life experience with Denise Lynn, and then that made me like I realized like there is something you know beyond this. So this work has been so so fascinating. And then something else that I've recently learned and you talk about is the ego and you talk about, you know, becoming friends with our ego to become empowered. Like how can we make friends with our ego to empower us? Well, I think firstly people need to understand like that word ego has, has got a really bad rap. And the reason for it is actually because we have the physical body, we have the astral body, we have the etheric body and you know, different aspects of the soul. And we have an ego. And in order for a human being to have these energy bodies or even the physical body, who's, which is the most kind of perfected of all of them, it took millions of years for that to be created. And... Right. And to evolve and so during a lot of people have heard of Lemuria and Atlantis and different time periods so when Atlantis sank it was at the time where the, the sense of self was just like a seed it was beginning mm. and the next great civilization was the the Indian civilization because we go through like several thousand years where we're in different where different civilizations or different parts of the world kind of have more power or more impact, I should say, rather than power, impact. So right now we're like in Anglo-Saxon experience. But when we were 
in the Indian experience after Atlantis, essentially, and yoga was born around that time, in order to get into the spiritual world, you actually had to dissolve the ego because the ego was very dense and, and, and kind of unrefined. And this is where the idea that we have to get rid of the ego was born, essentially. But thousands of years later, we're in a time where the ego has evolved, or for some people it has. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> the, this, the ego has two sides. So it has the lower self, which is very connected to the astral body and to I want, I need, I want to have it, give it to me. I don't care about other people. And <laughs> sorry getting excited i love it and unfortunately the way that the world works right now in the materialistic sense is like we want to push that idea onto children and to go i have one life you know it doesn't matter who i had as long as i have fun and i make some money doesn't matter right so we're actually creating uh, a lot of challenges by through how the school systems work and what they're pushing right now. That's a because whole other podcast. Sorry? That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Previously, that wasn't what was happening. Anyway, so the, the ego is seen, you know, because of how long people have gone, or oh, ego means egotism, but mm -hmm. they haven't actually looked at the ego as your sense of I am. It's your sense of uniqueness. It's the, I, the ego is what makes you you. There is no other you except you. And the ego also makes connects the spirit and the soul together and the mm -hmm. physical. So that sense of I am is on, that, that is part of the ego that we need to develop is thinking for ourselves for example it's discernment it's understanding what is right and what is wrong to do in terms of morality and hurting people and how to live it is and ourselves the the i am the higher part of the ego what it does is that it, it's it's like your wise self right it's it's connected to the higher self and you have to wake it up and you wake it up by constantly asking the question of, you know, is this coming from my lower self or this behavior, this thought, this way of doing, would this come from my higher self? And if I had a wise guide in front of me, what would he or she say and how would they guide me? And so essentially as we refine the higher aspect of the ego which is the most important part of our evolution right now mm -hmm. which is why it's being attacked we're you know we start to hold ourselves so when the eye is strong which is the higher part of the ego where you know yeah. a really difficult situation occurs to you in your life and rather than falling to pieces falling apart you respond I, I love this because when I first stumbled on the spiritual community, you know, seven, 10 years ago, what I was learning was, you know, dissolve the ego. It's, you know, it's not about the ego. And then as I've matured and walked forward on my own journey, I've realized like, that's why I wanted to have this conversation that I don't want to dissolve my ego. My ego does serve me. It's just being present and aware is my ego coming from a place, you know, a fear and then using my higher self to, to work with the ego, because you're right now, this is really beautiful because we are unique. It is, I am, and I don't want to dissolve that, but I've taught, been taught that if I'm in my ego, then I'm egotistical. I'm stuck up. I'm all these bad words, but in reality, I know the ego is meant to keep us safe and it, it does take us to this, you know, crazy place, but if we, work to with the ego with the higher self it's very powerful so i really appreciate you you know bringing that to the forefront 
And I really appreciate you saying, you know, let's not dissolve our ego, but work with it because that makes us unique. And there's nothing wrong with owning who we are. Well, absolutely. And actually, what people need to understand is that, again, it's understanding time periods. In the past, that was really, really important. Now, and I've asked this question from, you know, people who are, know much more than me about this topic and the answer I've always got is that if you it's actually quite dangerous to try and dissolve the ego because that is you that is your mm -hmm. sense of your own experience of everything in life it's you know it, 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 you're part of the the reason we're all unique is yeah. because clearly the divine you know <laughs> wanted mm -hmm. uniqueness otherwise we'd all be the same and you know we used to be part of this group soul and there's still a lot of people who are you know and the media pushes the group mentality as opposed to the individual mentality and so you know we're, we're here to wake up as individuals mm. which is what is the yeah that, that real higher part of the ego is about and is vital but if you were to let's say dissolve the ego which Hardly anyone actually even knows how to do. Right. But let's say you were, you would go into the spiritual world and you, all your wisdom, all your experiences, everything that you've gained would be lost. Mm. Right? Because you would just become part of the all without any uniqueness. And then also from my hearing from these wise teachers, when you, let's say you reincarnate, you would show up here with probably no ability to think mm, so you no, be, i'm like no thank you <laughs> yeah you would be classified as somebody who's brain damage essentially so we because, are going to celebrate the ego in a yeah, healthy way exactly and and that's you know it's a beautiful and it's for me it's been an empowering um thing to, to own that part so i appreciate how you put that with the i am and the uniqueness Something I want, you know, I want to go back to, you know, again, something you talked about was us really needing to be our own healer. And, you know, I've had that experience lately where, you know, same thing I went to, you know, certain, and I'm not bashing Western medicine at all, but I didn't get the answers I felt I needed. And so then I started exploring, you know, other things like your book and, and holistic healing. How can, how, what's the first step that we could take to start help? you know, heal ourselves if, if we're experiencing some type of, you know, physical ailment? I know that's a big question, but what's like a, a, just a step that we can take? Because it's, it's everything, all of our emotions just live in our body in that stress. And sometimes it's overwhelming. I think, to be honest, I mean, there's many steps, but the, the first step is to take responsibility and people yeah. don't like that word because they kind of go, I'm not responsible for my sickness. I'm not responsible for something that happened to me in my life that could have triggered it or, you know, a combination of things. And it's like if they can see responsibility not as I'm going to blame myself, which is just, you know, to me it's childish, to be honest. It's, it's a child who would kind of, you know, but, but we're not taught how to think in a wise way. So it's easy to go, oh, I – you know, I haven't done anything, but to actually take responsibility from the perspective of going, I, I'm the one who can, this is my body, and I'm the one who needs to research, understand, work with it way more than any doctor, any healer, anybody yes. on this planet. I say to yes. people, you know, as much as, you know, I can tune into people's bodies and see things and can tell you stuff. I don't know even, you know, one millions probably of the, of what you need to know about yourself. Like I, I can spend half an hour and tell you obvious general things and maybe put some, create some connected pieces together, but you have to then do something with it. And so mm -hmm. Part of again working with a sense of I am is actually and strengthening it mm. is to actually allow it to go. Well, I'm going to work with you know it's the sense of I am that works with the emotions. 
Mm, oh, I, I've done a lot of emotional work. I think I've done more emotional work than probably anybody on this planet in terms of <laughs> teaching it and, you know, all well, over the world and doing it. I mean, well, you've, you know, written, you know, this book. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, but, I love that, Resp you know, responsibility. And I was speaking to someone about that today as, you know, as I'm getting into, you know, the second half of my life, I've had to take a lot more responsibility for my health than I ever thought I would. And I'm researching and meeting, you know, with different people because it's my responsibility. And if I don't live, I'm just going to say a healthy lifestyle, you know, that can be managing my stress, my emotions, what I put in my body, then I'm going to be in disease, in dis-ease. And it hasn't been easy, you know, because there's that hormone thing going on. <laughs> it's not easy, you know, like, I, I think one of the things that people have to give up is this always chasing what's easy That's and actually go, you know, once I take responsibility, then the next part of it is, you know, from my perspective, from what I do, is to actually get to know your body. And to befriend it and start to go, what is this part? What's my thyroid or throat telling me? What is my heart telling me? You know, what is my solar plexus telling me? What's, you know, what's my body really saying at the moment? And um, and seeing, seeing it as a process. Yeah. So one of the, something that I've learned about healing is that it goes through a partic very particular process. So, for example, the first part for most people is just get is the victim. It's like, mm -hmm. poor me, this happened to me, you know, you know, who can save me, heal me, fix me? And then usually it goes into this, you know, this is like a stage one experience of suffering. I'm just suffering, poor me. And then, yeah, stage two of it is is that, you know, I want a magic genie, give it to me now. And then there's kind of slow realization that often happens in stage three that <laughs> maybe if there's no such thing as a complete magic genie and then even you know one that you put into your mouth usually has side effects or it's slow or whatever so there needs to be something deeper and there's often you know a bit of disappointment that happens and a disillusionment and then stage four is when the real healing can start to happen because in stage four is where you go, I've got to take responsibility for this. What is this about? You know, what what's going on here? And then we're kind of going to this stage from stage four into stage five and we start to actually, stage five is really important because this is where we start to look at aspects of ourselves that have got stunted. So let's say for me, you know, when I was talking about moving to Australia and having to learn the language, it was like there was a, in different parts of my inner child that got stunted that did not grow because of the environment that I was in. And so to experience healing for me for my back, for example, it wasn't, you know, just seeing a child, it was that sense of I don't belong, I don't have support, I, I don't feel like I'm worthy. So there were different aspects that had to be looked at through. I'm, I'm big into archetypal work. I just think it's one of the most mm -hmm. profound ways of working. And so, you know, I had to, I spent years looking at the inner child in all different ways so that that part could get could could grow now just the first connection of it and and the, the that realization of hey we're connected and now we can you know we can work together that actually created the physical healing so oh that's beautiful I, the physical part of it was actually not didn't take long once i got that wisdom connected but, to your child yeah but yeah. the actual emotional took years it's a journey i mean i know i've been you know 
doing self-development since I was, you know, 15 years old, but the real deep healing started seven, 10 years ago. And it's, and it doesn't end. There's more late, like you were talking about the layers, but the inner child work has also been powerful for me. So thank you for mentioning that. I don't, someone, Christina Flack is here with us, Al Bernal, Melissa Kim Corder, Brandy Porter Strader, Rachel Elizabeth. So thank you all for joining us. And it looks like Christina has a question, if that's okay with you, Ina, I'm going to, she said, what does alcoholism mean to, to, to the body? What does alcoholism mean to, 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 to eat, to the eat body, Christina? I don't know if that's what, what is that? Like, I, I guess the question is, what is it? What does alcoholism mean to the body? I'm not sure what the question is, but if you could intuit that, yes. Okay. <laughs> alcoholism mean to the body? Well, I think, you know, any addiction essentially is a way of not wanting to be here, you know, mm. wanting to numb, wanting to get away from the stress or the trauma or the pain of what's going on in your life. So in some ways, you know, it takes the soul and the natural body out of the physical body and obviously the physical body and the etheric body, the etheric body gets cold and, and, and it starts to numb and freeze and the, the physical body obviously starts to eventually degenerate and it, you know, the question is also how much alcohol are we talking about at each point? Because if somebody has, I mean, I've gone through different stages where myself, where I have been against, you know, every part of it, every drop of it, anything like it. And then I've gone also into understanding because I've had people who surround me who drink. Yeah, you know, it's some it's of them. part of our culture. Yeah, it's exactly. Part of our culture. Yeah, so I've had to kind of come to a place of balance and understand, you know, having a little bit as opposed to having a lot as, you know, which, you know, which things. And rather than just, you know, it was it's easy to judge and to kind of go, it's all bad. I think, you know, the question is why somebody's taking it, at what point, and, and it's, sometimes it's hard for me to say that because there's a part of me that disagrees with this, but I have had, I've had these conversations with many people where there are times where it could be helpful to, to somebody who's going through, I don't know, a challenge and maybe just gives them that little break. Maybe it just, it helps them to reflect. It yeah. depends on the scenario and the person, maybe it helps them. I mean, I, I've had people, you know, who are around me who've said, look, at times they may feel suicidal and actually having alcohol for them has prevented them from, you know, from taking on their own lives. So I can't sit here and judge and say, well, you know, don't do it. Just, you know, it, it's like, because I don't know, because it's, it's one of the things that has never been an issue for me personally, but has been an issue for people that I've been close to in my life. So, but, you know, yeah. I like how you said just addiction in general is a way for us to disconnect, you know, hide the pain. And, and then that disconnects us from ourselves. And then we, we, when we're in those spaces, then we can't connect to our body to hear what it's saying. Well, yeah. And I just think that, part of all addiction and you know from my understanding most of us have some kind of addiction oh you know? I, totally i have definitely have some you know addictions and and i know why you know because you, you i cope that's my way of coping i'm aware of it and i work on detaching but some of them i'm just owning them some of them i will own <laughs> <laughs> well exactly you know and it, it's just to me it's how do we learn to be more kind, yes, kind. and to be more aware, and also, uh, as you said, you know, in terms of owning things, it's it's almost like, you know, it's it's getting to know an aspect of yourself, 
and with this aspect of yourself over time you know how do I how do we befriend each other Mm. instead of how do we destroy each other oh yes I love that so owning all the parts of us and work together because we don't know what we don't know and once you know we learn it just embrace all those parts of us that's that's with kindness yeah and self-compassion and kindness you're you're amazing and you really took time out of your you know busy busy schedule to be with us here today i'm so grateful for it and i want to be respectful of your time there's one last nugget of wisdom that you can leave us with what would that be (sighs) (laughs) i feel like you know, right now, you know, I, I think the, the the question of that sense of self has become so vital because essentially what it's really asking you is to to go deeper, get to know yourself, but not only get to know yourself from, you know, these are my weaknesses, these are my strengths, but actually get to know yourself as a soul spirit being that is going through this cycle of reincarnation coming back and you know get to get excited get interested and don't be afraid I feel like people are so afraid of anything that has layers and complexity actually be excited about it you know if it sounds too simplistic there's there's probably a lot missing you know in the actual understanding you know, which is actually my main reason for writing Understanding Modern Spirituality was yeah. because, you know, I was like, well, if we had to bring, you know, kind of old ancient knowledge into the new experience of where we are in life, how would we do it without bringing old in but but bringing wisdom in and mm-hmm. not losing, you know, the the wisdom of the ages, but also realizing that, you know, in each new experience, something new should be born. Mm. And what is it now? What What is in this modern spirituality that can be born? And a lot of what I have experienced in more of this new age industry is simplifying dumbing down everything you know and it's like well we've gone through that stage as well of oversimplifying everything and now I feel like we have an opportunity with everything that's happened in the world to go into a stage of complexity and depth and wisdom and actually you know reclaim both the wisdom that has been around for a long time, but bring it into the present, bring it into how is this relevant now? How is this helpful now into in, in my life? And that, that is an exciting journey. And I feel like when somebody takes the journey, they'll never be depressed because even if they are, they'll be like, oh, this is interesting. What's that about? What's yeah. going on? Which part of me is having this experience? How do I connect with this part, right? So, everything becomes this journey of curiosity you know an awakening of hey i'm just curious i wonder i just wonder and so rather than taking it as i don't want to learn something you know really difficult or complex it's like be excited that there's more to learn (laughs) and it's not just all the same and that's what I, you know, loved, you know, so definitely grab, you know, understanding modern spirituality because you did break it down. And I learned some things that I didn't know. And I thought, you know, I mean, of course, I don't know everything, but there was some, you know, you, you dove really deep and I liked it. And I love how you talk about like this is a discovery and get curious and get excited. So you've done just amazing job with both these, you know, books. I'm so grateful that you're here with us. I appreciate you. I know you're so busy. Thank you so much. And I know the audience is just really excited because I had a lot of people reach out, excited that you're going to come on. So thank you so much for joining us this morning from Australia. We love you. We appreciate you. And please keep, you know, doing your work. We The world needs more of it. Thank you. And the last thing if I can say is that I do a lot of kind of masterclasses and online yes. 
classes that let us people know. can. I think you have a free master class coming up soon. Can you tell us about that? I, I saw that today. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I've got a a class coming, a free one coming up, a master class coming up in uh, on the would be ninth for you guys in the US and tenth for us in Australia. So nine probably around five o'clock your time. And uh, it's actually about connecting a lot of the pieces together from, you know, understanding more about the wisdom of the body and the emotions and which parts of the body are saying what, as well as how each emotion in each in different parts of the body is quite different, even if we call it the same name, it's mm. actually telling you a different story. So fear in your throat is not the fear, the same fear that is in your hip area, it's not the same fear that is in your knee not the same fear that's in your kidneys. So we're going to look at that. We're going to look at, again, the subtle bodies and in particular a deeper dive into ancestry because there's so much that's happening around people's blood, people's hearts. It's very, it, it's connected both to our intuition, to how we live, to our ancestry, to, you know, so many aspects and also I'm going to, connecting archetypes and what does it mean and how to, where they are there's four that are shared with humanity but how this, there's a shadow and the light aspect something that I haven't actually shared much of in more of the free classes that, I, that I'm doing so it's going to be a real journey we're going to do a pretty powerful healing process on an archetype as well so and, I'm going to share it I, I'm going to find it again and I want to share it with share that with my audience and then also and we should have this up before that so we'll also share it in the link because that's amazing and I know that many people in my audience would love to to join that master class it's it's fascinating and incredible and like I said you know Ina's uh, book and information definitely helped you know save my life and and changed a timeline with one of my uh, health crisis that I had so I'm grateful for that so we'll sh I'll share that on my pages you know, the masterclass. And if I don't see it, I'll reach out to you so you can send me the link. Beautiful. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Bye. everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Ina. And we're so grateful if you enjoyed this. Definitely please like and share. And then until next time, I appreciate you. Everyone have a wonderful evening. Thanks for being here with us all. Take care. Bye. love. Thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.